quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Man, that's good. Man, that is good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm. Oh, man. It's really good. It's really good, by the way. This is good. So good. Beautiful. It's amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, man. There we go. Life is good. I took a walk through this beautiful world. Felt the cool rain on my shoulder. Down something here. are you have never been here. In fact, it is likely that you may never have even heard of this place. Tourists don't really come here. There are few hotels, no major attractions. The state of Minas Gerais, Brazil. It's about the size of France, covered by farmland, mountains, and savannah. Belo Horizonte is the capital, a center for the Brazilian banking and tech industry, a planned city, Built in the late 1800s, 5 million people live in the metropolitan area. It's one of the fastest growing cities in Brazil, in the world in fact. Yet it's still relatively unknown to the outside world. But if you travel through Brazil and you talk about food, which I have and I do, you hear about this place. You hear about it seemingly a lot. I've been told time and again. This is where the best chefs come from. The question is, why don't you hear that outside of Brazil? Why hasn't the cuisine of Minas caught on worldwide? The spots here are made of chalkstone. Well, my, my grandmother still cooks oh, yeah. them. Oh, yeah. If you go to her place, you got a lot of those. Chef Leo Pachal is also asking that question. Born and raised here, he grew up cooking traditional Minera cuisine and went on to study in France under the likes of Jean Robuchon. Now he's back with his own place, Gluton. So we are at the central market at Belo Horizonte. Minas Gerais is a central state and we share with every other state around. So it's very democratical here. Uh, the people come here, they can have a, have a haircut, they can buy like a living chicken or a good cheese from France. If Minas is the heart of Brazilian cooking, then the Mercado Central is the heart of Minas. It's the place where everybody shops, including chefs like Leo. 
who are focused on giving Mineiro's products the attention they deserve. This is a country where there's a lot of fruit that I've never seen outside of Brazil. Yeah. A lot of it's super perishable too. Like it, even if you wanted to export it, it, it just doesn't really last. We're getting to picky season now. Oh yeah. And people get like like overwhelmed by it. They just like they eat it like every day. Every day. The infamous pequi, loved and hated in equal measure. It's described by both camps as tasting sweaty or like a barnyard. And if you bite too deep, you get a mouthful of hundreds of nanospikes requiring professional extraction. And if you dig into the pit, big problem. Big problem. They're just this thin layer on the outside. Thin layer, and it's so, so strong. Our vegetables. She's my supplier. <laughs> so this is Tayoba, this big tropical live here. This is the kind of fundamental Mineiro ingredient you didn't find in restaurants here until recently. It's part of like the forgotten vegetables. They used to eat it out of the yard because it grew all around. How do you cook it? Just boil it like for 15 seconds with water and a little butter. It's meaty, it's got a meat like chew on it. It resists a bit, then, then it breaks down like meat. I went to France to study culinary after I graduated in medicine and I just loved so much to cook. And then I came back and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna like, cook French food here. I started Glouton to be a French restaurant, but it's impossible to have good French products here in Brazil. So I started to use the products from the region. The flavor of Mineiro Cuisine is so intense, and then we, we are raised eating that. Right. That's such a, a, a new gastronomy. I started to cook like pork snack, oxtail, and I fell in love with those products, because if I don't cook it, Who's, who's gonna cook it? You have good products, right? Yeah. So why not use them? Yeah. Bar Delora is named after its owner, also known as The Blonde, who was the first woman to run a bar in the Mercado Central. It's a place to order a cold beer, wedge yourself shoulder to shoulder into a small table, and order this. You want this, by the way. This place is famous for? This place is famous for liver with jilo. Jilo is something very important for us. It's like an eggplant, but it's green, and you need to eat it while it's still green. Because if it ripens, it gets so bitter you can't eat it. All the food here is like if you, if you, if you bite too far into the pit, it, it stabs you. If, you. if you eat it at the wrong time, it poisons you. Yeah, dangerous stuff, huh? <laughs> Leon has Paul Bocuse. Minas has chef Ivo Faria, owner of Vecchio Sonio. He's the godfather of Mineiro cuisine. No meu restaurante, a época cozinha mineira era muito difícil. Only the, the, the foreigner cuisine was good, was considered good here. Da forma que o Brasil foi desenvolvido, o que que acontece? Os próprios brasileiros não muitas vezes não valorizavam o que é nosso. We start 
in kitchen. He didn't want to be cook. He wanted to be a waiter. Depois que eu terminei meu primeiro ano de preparação, eu descobri que pessoa de cor não podia ser garçom no Brasil. So he was chosen to go to the kitchen. What year? How long ago did the customers start to want Minarin food? Mesmo 1979. Eu se tornei chefe do melhor restaurante de Belo Horizonte. Sempre utilizei produtos mineiros. Em Mineira Cuisine, always your grandmother cooks better than your chef. When they eat it, they're so emotional about it, they fell in love with it and they accept it very well. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. Cheers. Cachaça geralmente arde. Para beber, inspira. Minas is a central state, landlocked. You want to hit the beach, and it's a seven-hour bus ride to Rio. That, or you come here, Beach Station. No beach, hire a water truck. Economy in the shitter, turn up the music, and dance. It's known here as the little slippery way. You adapt, you survive, no matter what, you have a good time, and you don't go it alone. It's a philosophy that carries over to the Botecos. They're basically neighborhood joints found all over Brazil, serving beers, cachaça, and a few homemade dishes. Places like this one, Bar do Coreca. What are the requirements that define a Boteco? It's a place where the family is behind the counter, full time. Mom and pop. Mom and papa, yeah. Eduardo Maia is a self-taught gastronome and patrofamilias of the Boteco scene here. Luis Otavio, a beverage tycoon who specializes in the legendary cachaça of Minas Gerais. If the boteco is good, people come all over town. It's like a home outside our home. It's a group therapy. What do you talk about? We talk about everything but business. Sports? Jokes. Sports. Women. Foods. Food. Eduardo had previous incarnations as a banker and then as an entrepreneur but he threw it all out in 2000 to start the Comida do Boteco, an annual competition for Botecos. It's a big deal here, and it raised Botecos from male-dominated dirty glass joints to the centerpiece of the Minera social scene. So what's on the menu? Boteco in Minas, it's a bit like the Italian. We eat a lot of pork here, but the important thing about the Botecos in Minas is that they serve root food, food for Minas Gerais. So what do we have today? I think we're having Tom, of course, Oxtom. Right. Uh, okay. I'm intrigued. What? Would you like some tripe as well? I think a little tripe as well. Would you like some hand of the pig? Yes. Yes. So yes. now you're gonna you're gonna go deep, deep inside Minas. Okay. I'm happy. I'm, uh, yes. Okay. Cadê o? Ox tongue cooked with basil, mint, and pepper. Feijão tropeiro, perhaps the most famous dish in Minas. Beans, manioc flour, smoked and cured meats, and if you're lucky, fresh eggs. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we start. That's the tongue, ox tongue. Yep. That's the foot, the pig's right. foot. May I? Yes, please. The food from Minas Gerais has nothing to do with our climate. Yeah, you're right. Nothing. This is cold weather food. Yes. Smell is nice. Yeah, right? It's a very comfort food, isn't it? He prepares the tongue. Beautiful. Every step does it. 
you have a great culinary tradition here of, of flavors. You have fantastic ingredients. But in upper class, belle or people that are insecure about their food until recently. Where did this come from? It's a plague. Italian and French food. I used to say it's a complex. Right. Like a trauma from we've been in who colonized us. So they impose it. Right. We have excellent products. Good products in France, they make good food in France with their products. But here, let's make the same technique, but with our products. We started saying, listen, this is good. Put in your restaurant. Pequi is good. They were ashamed to eat Pequi. This uh, attachment to the idea that, that, that French food and Italian food will always be more valuable than your own thing. Uh, it's a ridiculous concept. We Mineiros, we don't talk much. We don't go on the top of our mountain and start to spread the word. We have good food. We are very quiet people. You have to discover us. But we have the best. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pergunte por mim, e longe de você, veja como é triste viver. Sei que você chama, nada flutuar. The story of Minera cuisine, you could argue, starts with a gold rush. The world's first, in fact. In the late 1600s, alluvial gold was found in the mountainous rivers of Minas. Over the next hundred plus years, while Portuguese masters fanned themselves on the riverbanks, African slaves sifted billions in gold from the mud and earth. 
By the end of the 19th century, the deposits were exhausted, and about half a million Africans had been forced to make this country their home. Now Brazil has the largest African diaspora in the world. And though Brazil remains a country of rampant inequity, deeply divided along racial lines, African culture saturates all corners of the society. This is especially true of the food. Looks good. Super. Você pode ver, por exemplo, que aqui em Minas não tem muito sal. Não tem muita pimenta. A nossa comida é muito mais com sabor de alho, cebola do que qualquer outro condimento, né? Zora Santos is a practitioner of old-school Afro-Minera cuisine. She traveled Europe as one of the first black Brazilian models in the 70s, but returned home to look inward, becoming an ambassador for independent black women in the kitchen and running her own catering business. Joining us at the table are Zora's daughter, Katarina, and friends Ulu Akinruli and Sida Heiss. Well, how African is Brazilian cuisine in general? 99%. What do you think white Brazilians, would they say the same thing? É uma boa interessante isso. Mas se perguntar qual é a comida que eles mais gostam, eles vão dizer da feijoada, do tropeiro mineiro, do frango com quiabo. São comidas descendentes africanas. Zora prides herself on preparing food in the tradition of the enslaved African women who were, in her view, the matriarchs of Minera cuisine. She cooks with a serious focus on vegetables and greens, ingredients from the yard, basically what her predecessors had to work with, and applies West African technique. This is anju, a dish simply made of cornmeal and water or milk, cooked for hours. There's orapranobis, a native green, very rich in protein. It was known as the poor people's meat, and its use dates back to colonial times when African cooks had to make do with very limited resources. Pork has always been common to this area where people raised and still raise their own pigs to butcher. Ribs are on the menu today, and I am not complaining. But look, everything that Brazilians claim to love is African, right? I mean, the music, the food, all of the classic dishes. Do you feel, given how, how central everything African is to Brazil and Brazilian identity. Do you feel that Afro-Brazilians have political representation? No. 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 no, no nobody. <laughs> it's like, nobody had, let me think. Uh, no. Nem acadêmica, econômica, não. Why? Não. Why? Agora, agora fez a pergunta, por quê, né? Why? Why? Por que que Everything African is so fundamental to everything that makes Brazil awesome. I mean, I could say the same thing about the United States, but... Catolicismo, o rico não passa no fundo da agulha, não tem uma coisa Tem o sermão do padre Vieira, que é da época da colonização, que ele dizia que todo esse sofrimento imposto ao negro era para garantir o seu lugar no céu. Catholic and the Protestants, they have the same ideology that the black people Right, should be satisfied now because, because it'll pay off later. Yeah, later we'll get later. you next time. Exactly.
But you had huge success as a model. How how did this? No, se encaixa. She said it's not fit. It doesn't fit. Era era muito mais folclore e exótico do que qualquer outra coisa. Pergunta para ele, por favor, você conhece aquele, a história da Vênus Negra. Você sabe quem é? Vênus. Vênus. Aquela mulher. Refresh my memory. Uma que foi levada para Inglaterra e ela era exposta toda noite porque ela era uma, uma mulher gorda, uma negra, e ela era exposta no circo como uma aberração. Essa, essa época de modelo, é, eu me vejo muito dessa forma. Mas você não acha que isso significa nada? Não significa de forma redefine what is beautiful. Foi, foi. Para muita gente foi importante. Não redefinir, mas pelo menos olhar, olhar para várias belezas, né? É. É, fala que essa outra questão tem que resolver com o meu psicólogo. Ok. Né? The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. About 60 kilometers outside Belo Horizonte, you're in the jungle. Deep, thick, loud jungle. And buried within that seemingly hostile environment, you'll find one of the most curious and extraordinary places in all of Brazil. Inhochim. A massive Jurassic Park for contemporary art. Stuck smack dab in the middle of seemingly nowhere. A place that will make you say, what the hell is this doing here? This museum has put Minas Gerais in the world art map. Everybody that is in contemporary art today knows this place or have heard about this place. Well... Beatriz Lemos de Sá is an art dealer who represents Brazilian artists based in Belo. This is Tunga Pavilion. Tunga is one of the major contemporary artists in Brazil. He started his work in the 70s. And he has also this uh, revolutionary side. Of him. He, he, he likes the transgression. So that's why he uses all kinds of uh, material, things that can be very strange for you as you see them. 
So Tonga would be very comfortable with this venue. Completely. He's the one who inspired Bernardo to build this place as a museum. Bernardo would be Bernardo Paz, mining magnate, billionaire, and the eccentric visionary who created this, well, place, for lack of a better word. In the 1980s, he started buying up the land surrounding his house to keep developers from destroying the landscape. Then he opened his doors to contemporary artists, offering them both the financial resources to make art and this otherworldly home for their work. In the early days, this used to be uh, the, the family farm, ranch. Yeah, and yes. he started collecting himself. Yes, he started collecting modern art. Right. And then eventually he started changing for contemporary art because he thought this was the moment. have to be very brave and courageous and to have to be a visionary to do what he he did in my opinion he's a madman because nobody does something so big so great Clearly set out to make something truly extraordinary, enormous, uh, mind-boggling uh, scale. Did this grow organically, or, or was there a plan? No, no, no. Never had a plan. I'm a guy who have a dream, and I want to do the dream, and, and I do. But uh, I do with risk with risk, because I do for the people, not for the money. This place is massive, consisting of two dozen larger-than-life pavilions set on a 5,000-acre botanical garden. It holds over 500 works from contemporary artists. Setting aside the cost of building this sprawling utopian vision and financing the art, it costs more than $10 million annually to keep the place running, and only a small portion of that is covered by tickets purchased by visitors. You could create a gallery space anywhere in the world, and, and those would be more accessible, and more people would come. You chose here, relatively isolated. Do you, do you, li do you like people? Yes, I like people, but I like more to see the people happy. And to see they come to me, I construct here a state of mind. Is it important at all that the people who come here understand art? Does it matter? Someone comes and looks at Matthew Barney or uh, Chris they Burton. Understand. The, they, they understand. understand. You, you think rich, they poor, farmer? No, no way. Children. They, everybody poor understand. children. They understand. I, 
I want to ask you one question. When you are, was children, how the same drawing, you did, how the first drawing you did in your life? You did a mountain, a sun, small house, heave. Yes, a, a, a hill with a, with a house and a sun. Probably. Yes, yes. This is inside you. Why you you did this drawing? Well, I think we But all this is, this is at the end we all want to live on a mountain in a house with the sun, don't we? In the end, no. In the beginning. So in 50 years, what do you want people to say about you? Nothing. You don't care. I don't care. I did. I died. I am. My life is risk and continue to be risk and will continue. But after, do you, I mean, do you care? Do you care about your legacy? You're, you're cre you've created this enormous. I don't believe. I important. Don't believe you don't I believe did. it. I don't believe what I don't I either. Did. I, 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 I mean, I don't believe it at all. I, I live, I live. You, you have to know why you came to be like you are. Mountain Farm, where Minera Cuisine was born and raised. You grow up on a farm like this and you grow up eating food that would be called in more urban settings artisanal. You raise your own animals, you slaughter, clean, butcher, and cook them yourself. Greens, chickens, pigs, fruit, everything is at hand. The food of the yard. And eventually it all ends up here at the wood stove, the center of the Minera kitchen. And when you put the food on the table, you make sure there's enough for everybody. Family, friends, and the stray lucky bastard who might wander up to the table at the right time. How is uh, Minas different than the rest of Brazil? Uh, I think because we were uh, a land made by um, people that came here for gold, you know, the, the workers, they had to help each other. So we are a really farm state, you know, and uh, this kind of change uh, of uh, helping each other made the, the Mineiro people. I think the biggest difference is You know, and it's a joke, I'm sure you've heard said it a million times, you know, in, in Rio, somebody invites you to dinner, they don't tell you where they live. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here they seem to mean it. We are just people who like to receive people, to invite people to our houses. We are people that uh, we grew up cooking.
guys grew up here in farm country. Now they're at the center of Bellows' culinary scene. Philippe Hame, owner of Alma Chef and champion of Minera Cuisine. And his friends and fellow chefs, Felipe Galastro, Fred Trindage, and Boy. They come back here to Galastro's family farm. They come back often to cook and eat and, of course, drink. For me, one important thing from here that we make uh, food to share. Uh, I can't remember a dish that you make for... One person, for, just for, for yourself, you. for, just for yourself or for people. Everybody's got to eat, you know? Everyone's got to eat. Everyone is welcome. Smoked pig's head with vegetables and chilies. Native green beans called andu, prepared with bacon and farofa. Everybody here is a professional cook, chef? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, we all came to Europe to learn to be a cook. And then we came back to uh, rediscover new ingredients to... Right back home. Yeah. Thai food is huge in the States. It's all over the world. Italian food is huge all over the world. French. But why do you think Brazilian food, real Brazilian food, does not have a higher profile internationally? It's a hard question because all chefs, all the people who work with food, we think this every day. We just have to figure out how to get the ingredients there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, is, this is a problem. Because a lot of the, the, the really amazing Brazilian products just don't travel. You can't. We have no. a, a health department system that controls with a, a, an iron hand, you know? I can tell that. I mean, it's tough. We've got a lot of problems here in Minas with uh, our cheese, because it's made of raw milk. But I, I never seen or heard anyone that even got sick by eating our cheese. By our blood sausages. We grew up eating that. Shall we bring the, the meal? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the pièce de résistance: frango, amoyo, paldo, chicken and brown sauce baked in a clay pot, finished with the blood of chickens fresh killed this morning. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Woo. All right. Served with pekki rice, farofa, and of course, cachaça. Cheers. Cheers. Which means eat food of the... Eat on your knees. Eat on your knees? Yeah. Mm. Just like saying prayers for the food, thanking the food. What's the hardest part with the customers? What's the hardest thing to convince your customers? Here, they, they don't like to pay. Yeah. They don't want to pay. <laughs> they don't want to pay. They don't want to pay for something that grandmother did. They want to have world-class service, right. world-class food. They don't like to spend that much money here. They spend a lot of money in Rio and Sao Paulo in New York. Give it a French name, though. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 She owns a restaurant, Biroska, where she cooks the food of her childhood, 
the food she learned from her grandmother and her nanny. So when you're a kid here, your family obligates you to eat jilaw. Why? Because I think I think it was to teach children to 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 eat different uh, flavors, different uh, sensations. Leo was a friend of Bruna's and of Maurice and Denise Hache, owners of D'Artagnan, one of the first ambitious fine dining restaurants in Bella to be owned and operated by women. Was it particularly hard as women? Starting in the business uh, 20 years ago. No, when we began, there wasn't a, a lot of women, women chefs, chefs. And, and we decided to open a restaurant because we like to cook together. I think nobody trusted us. We have many friends; they have restaurants, they are chefs, and they said, "Okay, okay, it's a hobby. Okay, let them play a little bit. Yes, this won't last." And here we are. I mean, in the in the states, in Europe, it was women cooked at home. In restaurants, however, this was man's work. Obviously, they the the ones that cooked there were men, but they learned all everything they learned was from their mothers. The, the techniques and everything passed through uh, the generations of women. So that that's what it's all about here, I think, with Bruna. Bruna makes a point of hiring women and only women to work in her restaurants, particularly black women, who she feels are the central, if largely unacknowledged, figures in Minera culinary culture for hundreds of years. Hello, Jeff. Hi. Easy to find women cooks or hard? Because the food that I serve is always the same that they have done in their houses. The food Minera has always been made by women. Now, wait a minute. Is this based on the quality of the dishes, or is this a philosophical decision to just hire other women? Eu quero dar um poder para elas para um cargo que elas sempre fizeram sem terem pagas. você me levou a sério. Turkey neck, braised with butter and garlic, served in white beans topped with kale and pork belly. I think this is Peru neck. Yes, turkey neck. Turkey neck. Turkey neck, cool. With uh, her grandmother's knife. Ah, yeah, <laughs> uh, what's left of it? Yeah. It was used to be like this. In Brazil, like in so many places we go, everything is just fine until it's not. Sai daí, gente. Não, calma, 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 calma. Eu não acredito nisso. Não, pronto, pronto. Não! Pelo amor de Deus, eles entram no mesmo Denise, eu sento de elas mais da mesa, Denise. Oh my God. I've never been in such a situation like this. I'm sorry. But the guy was drunk. Well, he stole the car, I guess. Yes, yes. My director and camera guy, by the way, immediately tackled me to the floor and shielded me from the direction of the gun with their bodies, to which I say, 
thanks, guys, but dudes, your wives are going to be pissed. You know, you're not the Secret Service. You're young. You have your whole life ahead of you. But just like that, it's back to the food and the conversation. Keep your glass full and your friends around you, and we'll make it through. Oh, wow. Ah, this one is amazing. Kupim, or ox hump pot roast, served with mashed potatoes and farofa. So why did you do something as difficult as open a restaurant? Cooking is about joy and comfort. Cooking in a restaurant is about business. So is it still a joy? long night, decisions good and bad, friends old and new, a night spent playing or a night spent working. All across the world, wherever cooks stumble out of work late, there's a place like this. Nono, one of the few places that's open all night, serving the kind of thing that enlightened night dwellers everywhere want and need, like mokato. Gentlemen. Hey, Tahir. How are you? Nice to see you. What's up? It's a city that never sleeps. 24-hour Mokato, right? This place is very democratic because, like, everybody comes. Late at night, taxi drivers, hookers, and cooks. Because yeah, we can why is it that hookers and cooks always, like, are welcome at the same place? You know, we're the same, same social standing. I'm ready, man. I am hungry. I, I had nothing to eat all day. Yeah? I am starving. Mokato is the ultimate in broke-ass, drunk-ass peasant food slow-cooked cow's foot and or other bits. Tender and tasty and, believe me, one of my favorites, especially at this hour. We opt for the elite version with a raw quail egg because, well, need I remind you of my confirmed record of egg sluttery? Good stuff. Wow. Nice. It's like the greatest thing ever. So they, they tell they, they serve 170 kilos of cow food every day. So that's about 350 pounds? Uh, yeah, cow yeah, food. But all that good stuff ends up in here, man. That gelatin, man. The rotation, it's, it's big. You know, it's people come in, have a beer, you go out. It's never too busy. Right. But it goes on 24 hours. 
Acho que só duas, tá? Sword of Stout. So it's a cow breed, caracu. And if you split the words, it means ass face. But seriously, it actually exactly the words. So how was how was your dinner tonight? Was were you busy? You know what happened tonight? It came like three clients. A lady with her husband and her chef. And she said, oh, this is my chef. He's gonna eat, and me and my husband, we're not, because we're eating special food for detox. We're full of restrictions. Right. And we, 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 we brought, brought our, we brought our <laughs> soup. So if you to can eat. please heat my soup for me, because detoxing. Detoxing from what? From what heroin yeah, addict? Yeah. I mean, just go home and do some more heroin. Yeah. <laughs> There's always somewhere that cooks come from. Usually it's the ass end of a country. Here, it's different. It's not just where the cooks are, but food and ingredients and some pretty amazing visual inspiration. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.